Hello and welcome to another episode of Watchpoint Radio, Mashless Buttons podcast dedicated to Overwatch and its community. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here with Josh Kender, also known as Kender. Hey, it's your boy, Daddy Jeff. I mean, Kinder. Yeah. <laughs> and we're also here with Ben Guyton, also known as The Dude Abides. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we were supposed to have a guest this week, but we were not able to uh, due to a scheduling conflict. The plan is to bring him on next week. So we'll see about that. But this is episode number 141. We are recording on January 8th for release on January 9th. Got a couple things to talk about. Uh, there was a patch that went out today. Uh, there was some Anna Story content. There's a challenge for a new Epic skin. We got some PTR notes, but we have some community feedback and some community questions. That's probably going to be that's probably going to spend the most time on Browns because it was some some pretty meaty. At least the community questions were pretty meaty. So we'll get into that. But before we get into all of that, I would like to welcome by welcome anybody listening for the very first time. Thank you very much for checking out Watchpoint Radio. We do talk about Overwatch news and some esports and competitive, but the primary focus of the show is on the community and the state of the game. Uh, if you enjoy the show, you can follow us on Twitter. Keep up with us at twitter.com slash watchpointradio. And you can join us on Discord at discord.me slash mash those buttons. We'd love to have you there. And as always, I'd like to thank any returning listeners, thank you guys very much. Whether this is your first re-listen or your 140th re-listen, we really do appreciate you coming back every week and listening to us. No new subscribers and no new patrons, so let's just hop right into the community feedback. It's actually from Mr. Blue 22 um, I saw your tweets, and I was meant to reply back on Twitter, but I didn't get a chance to, so I was like, fuck it, we'll just put it into the show. Since we know he listens, because he, he had the community question from last week, and he provided community feedback. Look at that. Quite the guy. Quite the community hey, member. Providing us for two weeks worth of content. What a guy. What a guy. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks worth of content plus a community episode he was on. Look at that, folks. Shining example. Hire that man. Gold star community member. <laughs> uh, but he says, I'm a little confused on what you guys are complaining about with the equipment issue across players on PC. Like Overwatch or any other multiplayer game comes across this exact same issue with any PC users that's up to the user, not for the game to govern. So we first thing is like we're, we weren't complaining. We were kind of just talking about it. Like, you know, it's not really it wasn't a complaint. It's just a fact of life on PC. And I think that's the 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 place that we were coming from. Right. That uh, I think the the title of the topic was that, you know, online competitive games can't truly be fair, which is true. Because of the differences, like, you know, we all, we all, you know, we already know about latency issues and how that can be a problem, right? But you also have the issues uh, of hardware, which causes, you know, a gap between players, not just skill, not just understanding of the game. I think we use repeat as an example, how he went from like either diamond or masters to grandmaster just when he got his new equipment, you know? I think it was like within a month of getting his new equipment, he made that climb. So he clearly knew how to play the game. He just had the equipment that was kind of, you know, holding him back. And we, I don't, I don't think anybody recommended that this is a problem for the Overwatch team to really handle because it's not. I mean, there's nothing they could do about it. That's just the state of what happened. That's just the state of the, uh, you know, PC gaming, right? Yeah. And I'll tell you, I'm definitely feeling that effect with. uh, Using my temporary <laughs> card here. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm certainly glad to be back in the game at all. But uh, I do I do really really miss my Fury X right now. <laughs> I mean, look at a uh, former Masters player, uh, Blazing Bob. 
who had the <laughs> Google Fiber angels bless him of never seeing a Ryan shatter till he didn't believe it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's an unfair playing advantage right there. I believe that's what right. we call uh, that some of that white privilege coming through. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, in his town, he, he in that case, his town just got picked. His town got blessed with the Google Fiber. <laughs> uh, that's what we call um, Ryan privilege. Ryan privilege, yeah. So, yeah, that's I mean, it's nothing that the Overwatch could do about it. But we did address, you know, other games and specifically older competitive games, right? Um, the reason it it makes more of a difference now than it did in previous competitive games or like previously, let's say like, you know, through the, throughout the two thousands, let's say, right. Um, is that back then, if you were playing a game competitively, the people you were playing against were also really into the competitive scene, or they were at least into the competitive scene. So more than likely they already had the gaming mouse. They had the gaming keyboard. They had the good monitor. Uh, they made sure that they put QoS on their router so that their sister or brother wasn't fucking up the connection while they're playing their cow match. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Something like that. Um, you know, they put these things in place so they had these things that obviously gave them the advantage over the players who weren't really competitive. But when you came against those players in the competitive setting, more than likely uh, you guys were closer to being equal than what we see now, right? And it has to do with accessibility. That's that's kind of the big difference. Um, where, like, I know somebody right now who maxes out at 60 frames per second. You know, that maxes out. Like, they can't even keep a, 60, a steady 60 frames. You know, they definitely um, have a... That's definitely putting a disadvantage versus somebody who's getting more than 60 frames. But, you know... That's because the reason they're playing competitive is because it's there. You know, it's it's yeah. accessible. Um, if they had to take extra steps to get in competitive, it may not necessarily be worth it to them. If it was out of the game client, like they had to go to a Discord or IRC or a forum, all these old things I'm talking about, they may not have done it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that that's the big difference between older games or older competitive communities and newer competitive communities. The accessibility uh is making as you know i think the the gap in hardware or the advantage in hardware is more visible now than it was before because you have people who they kind of you know because competitive is just the best mode in overwatch that's the thing it is just the best mode in overwatch so people are playing it so they're playing it but they're not necessarily all that competitive versus you know older communities where if you were competitive you got your shit together you spent the money on the hardware. So like I said, it wasn't really a complaint and it wasn't something that we were saying that the, uh, that overwatch needs to govern, but it was more of an observation, <laughs> you know, like it's just, yeah. you can't really be fair. So, yeah. uh, the second thing he says, I'd highly recommend watching Jane's tournament where they use bands. You guys made points, not relevant to the actual implementation. No one used multiple hero bands or hero locking. I'd also argue that no single hero is only balanced by one counter so in regards to that because we also did talk because that was the actual topic uh that mr blue uh he he brought up when he says why are people so afraid of um hero mans and i don't think i'm not sure i mean i'm pretty sure we just kind of gave our opinion like can hero bands work sure they could they can work but i think that we were answering that question more from our perspective like do we want to have hero bands in the game 
And I know personally that I don't want to have Harold Mans in the game because I just don't think the game is going to play that well across the board with hero bands for several reasons. We won't rehash the entire topic, you know, tonight. I know dude is for it and I don't think Kender was for it. I'm um, for it. I was the, on the fence, depending on implementation. I'm right, for yeah. it at the pro level uh, for now. Like, I don't think it belongs in comp until there's a lot of testing and observation done to see how it works. Right. So I, I don't think it should be in comp right now. Right. I'd rather see roll queue or something of that manner before we or deal with that. Guild game. clans. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that that would help. Right, yeah. I mean, in my in my opinion, they Blizzard would actually have to change their balancing philosophy to the game. They would have to because right now, like in certain egos, if somebody picks a Winston, they're kind of expecting you to pick Reaper. <laughs> and right, take right. care of it you know although and then i will oh, so give them a, a bit of credit though uh recently they they're really fast on the trigger with their balance philosophy but it does seem to be changing to less about the fun aspect and everybody catering everybody to, to more of a top-down approach which they should do in my opinion um because like right now they're trying to kill goats and goats in anything below diamonds yeah you know, and at the higher level, goats is fucking everywhere. And that's obviously what they're trying to do, which tells me that, yeah, they're looking at top down, but they also are doing it, like we said earlier, really fast and not letting things play out. So maybe they'll pick up on that and be like, all right, we're going to let it, we're going to let this sort itself out for a while before we make huge changes trying to destroy this comp, you know? So right. We'll uh, see. Yeah, we'll see. And I said, you know, I agree. There is no single hero that is only balanced to uh, balanced by one counter. That is definitely true. But the lower you go in Elo, uh, the harder it is to to kind of work to, to get that to work. You know, like the biggest one of the biggest reasons why people are in lower Elos in the first place is they lack mechanical skill. They lack knowledge of how to play the game. They they are unable to com- uh, cooperate with the team properly you know and some people have all three of those problems right, <laughs> <You know>? right. <laughs> so getting a team together of random people by the way a team of random people together that are having collectively these three problems i think would co- would just cause some major issues in this game specifically i mean this game was also pretty unique in that you know it has 29 heroes uh we're gonna have 30 heroes soon um you don't lock heroes when you start the game. You know, other games that are using, you know, uh, hero bands, you lock heroes. It's a, it's a little, it, it just works a little differently. Um, I don't think, I think it, it can work to a degree. Let me, I guess maybe I should clean that up, right? I think it can work, right? I just don't think it'll be enjoyable. <laughs> that, that Maybe I should put it like that. It can work. I just don't think it'll be enjoyable. It will definitely, if they implemented it, definitely would thin the herd. Matches will probably be better because only the people who really want to play like that would be playing. But a lot of the people who just play Overwatch in general would probably it would probably would it would decrease. I think it would like press down that population quite a bit. You say that if like that it's makes a bad sense. Thing. Well, it that's is, the thing. It, it goes either way. <laughs> it goes. Yeah, that's the thing. If this was a game that was contr- that. The community could run it on their own. Like they had, like, you know, if Counter Strike implodes, right? Like if Counter Strike implodes, if Valve takes down the matchmaking servers, 
you can still run your own CS server. That community can survive on their own. The only thing they would need from Valve is the master server to stay up, which obviously isn't that big of a deal because the master server for Unreal Tournament is still running. <laughs> you know, like a master server just basically checks in with all the other servers and tells the clients these servers are available. It's not resource intensive. Um, if it was a game like that, then you don't need a bunch of randos to play. You don't need people spending money in the game. However, Blizzard runs this as games as a service, right? right? You need randos playing that game. Like you need as many people as possible playing the game so that they continue the service or they just yank it, you know, unfortunately. So that that's, that that's the state of uh, competitive games in 2019. <laughs> no uh, unfortunately so yeah i mean that's what i said maybe i should just clean that up a bit like i it's not like i didn't think it can't work at all i just don't think it'll be enjoyable to play maybe that maybe that maybe that uh, that explains my uh position on it a a little bit better i can i um, can see that point of view for sure yeah yeah you you equate it to playing against bastion like you get it but it's not fun (laughs) to you yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, yeah like, that's a, that's actually a really good example. Good job, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> like, can I play against Bastion? Sure. Do I know what to do to him? Absolutely. Is it fun? Fuck no. no. <laughs> like, it's no. not. It's not. Every time, like, dude, like, and you know what I've gotten really good at explaining to a to a team of low-ranking people exactly what we need to do in a super short amount of time very effectively. And you know what? They still don't do it. Nope. They still don't it's fucking impossible. do it. From the moment I hear that bashing, I'm like, Every, okay, everybody off the ground. Everybody up on high ground. We need to get up on high ground. We need to get above them. We need to drop onto them. And just one at a time, they just jump right in front of the bashing. I think subconsciously that's one of the reasons I'm playing more diva lately. Is because Bastion's become more rel- uh, more prevalent um, in a lot of games, and yeah, yeah. no one knows what to do with them. So I go Diva, and I'm like Ryan, charge behind me now, and I just go straight at him and DM him, and there there goes Bastion. Right. A matter uh, of fact, to, in tonight's game and tonight's uh, uh, Watchers tournament game, uh, by the way, Team Mike Reg going to the winners bracket. Let's fucking go, boys. With yeah, a Blaz and Bob, you guys couldn't Blaz and Bob. Yeah. He said Blaz and Bob at least five times. <laughs> yeah, I caught that when I watched the watch the review. Um, I will give them credit though. Uh, the casters that they've had on for the past three matches, uh, at least one of them every time has been stellar. Uh, yeah, really, really good. good. Like the guy could do OWL. Um, but yeah, we actually used the uh, we used Bastion on our first defense on Hanamura. And what we did was Bastion Sim, Arissa, Diva, uh, Mercy, and I can't remember who our who our last part. Maybe it was Anna, I think. It was Anna, yeah, I believe. And uh when it's run well by a well coordinated team, aka not us, uh, it's <laughs> really freaking effective. It was effective for us until we, you know, fell apart finally. Uh we held it to the last I think we held you it the held overtime it for, on first. You guys point. held it for a very long time. I mean I was impressed knowing that you guys didn't practice for shit. I was like, wow, they actually look like they know what they're doing together. I was a little surprised. Yeah, we we had four of our guys got to practice last night with that strat actually on Hanamura. And we lucked up and Hanamura was the first map chosen. 
Uh, so we're like, fuck it, we're running the strat. So even though two of us had never really done the strat, especially Bob, poor Bob, he doesn't play Arisa that much. And I know he prefers Ryan, but he was a trooper and did it anyway. And it was it was really good for a first time in a tournament match, you know, not just a, a rando six against, you know, gold players or anything. I had an ultimate sad face for Bob when he, uh, you guys got high ground on your first push on offense. And he pops the shield and just missed the ledge. Oh yeah, <laughs> felt bad, man. He 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 told us what he did too. He's like, oh man, I missed my shield. And we're like, no, it's okay. Just wait for it to come back nah. up. Oh, you guys, you guys did a really good job <laughs> overall. And Bob, along with Thrill, straight up carried on King's Row. So get over. Oh your, yeah, Bob's Ryan get over your shame uh, over here, Bob. Yeah, he 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 went off on King's Row. You guys yeah. looked really good on that map. Yeah, you, you could definitely tell he was much more in his element on Reinhardt and Arissa, but you know, it was it was it was a good three rounds. If you get a chance, go to the the Watchers Twitch and uh, check out that VOD. It was it was a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah, actually, I've been meaning to talk to Bob about an experience that I had playing Ryan with a team last week, where I had to argue with my team to follow me into a fight so we could kill some people. <laughs> like they wouldn't go past the choke. It was. A very frustrating experience for me. I'm like, there's one Reinhardt right here. He is on my left. You need to come with me right now so we can kill him. Like, well, I'll give you an example before we got on uh, tonight. I was playing a couple of games and we were on Rialto. Um, we steamrolled first point, no problem. We're on second point. I'm Ryan, Diva next to me, no, Zarya next to me, and Lucio with us. And we are staggering the absolute living hell out of this team by just killing everyone we're we're all the way around the whole u-bend and our yeah. payload is barely across the bridge and the other three on the team were like we can't see you and we're like we're fine they're like come back to the payload and we're like we're fine like you guys need to come back and we're like do you see the kill feed and it's just every five <laughs> seconds another one of their team dies i'm like they're trickling it doesn't need to go any faster and the guy's flipping out he's like this is why you need to listen to what I'm doing. We're like, okay, dude. So we finally like lose the team fight and still completed it with like four and a half minutes left on the third checkpoint. Right. <sighs> yeah. It's, Some it, of the things it's, you see. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. It's just, a, it's just a lack of like understanding sometimes. Yeah. So it's, it's a little, it's a little difficult, but we'll see. We'll see. I have to, we'll have to work on that a little bit. <laughs> Helping people understand that is. Only more people, so, you know, tuned in to prepare to attack or something along those lines. Yeah. No, be if a little only. more knowledgeable. If only. <laughs> nice plug. But let's go ahead and get into our <laughs> our updates here. Um, so we're, we're just going to hop into the quick updates here. It's, we only have really one quick update uh, about the recent patch that it, it doesn't appear to be in the patch notes, but there was a graphical change made to the kill feed. It is smaller. The kill feed is smaller, but in my opinion, it's actually easier to read and it gives you more relevant information. Like it, it's it's smaller, but I think it tells you um, it gives you like status information and stuff like that. Right. Um, to, I wish it was in passion, so I could tell you exactly what it did. But it's just like that's what I noticed. That's, that's the thing I noticed about it. Right. It gives you more information about who's dying and who did the kill and what they. It's easier to see what they died from and stuff like that. Right. Uh, one of the big things was, uh, they added in when Diva eats an ult with Defense Matrix. Uh, that was something I was really happy about because Diva goes underappreciated sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, not to mention certain maps um, have holes in them. And uh, I've seen Gravs. I've seen Maze ult. 
um, just completely go through the floor before. Um, And now you'll know what happened to your grav. If you launched it and you don't hear anything happen, it'll be very obvious as to what happened. So it's a right. I think it's a really good uh, quality of life change for sure. Yeah, definitely. It, it is nice. It is nice. That's like our, our quick update. The, the kill feed has been updated. But more importantly, I think it was a Saturday or a Sunday, maybe Friday. I can't remember. Uh, Jeff Kaplan said that it is some update patch updates coming to the PTR and there's going to be a surprise this week. So I said I thought it was going to be a map, right? I thought it was going to be a map because it's, it's that time of year. We'd be on schedule for a map, but I'd be wrong because it looks like, and I could still be wrong. There may be another surprise coming at the end of the month. It's, I think by the end of January, if we don't have a map, then I'll consider myself wrong. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> they uh, they released a new Anna skin along with a short story and a challenge to get that skin. You can get the Anna Bastet skin, which is an epic skin, so it doesn't change the gun. It just changes the, her appearance, and there's an emblem on the back of her jacket. And to do that, you just have to win nine games by January 21st. In my opinion, if you cannot win nine, and this is in quick play, competitive, or arcade. <laughs> so in my opinion, if you cannot win nine games by the 21st, they should just give it to you because you've been having a hard time. <laughs> like, <laughs> I deserve <laughs> something today. <laughs> they, they should just give it to you because like, you've been having a hard time. Like, man, this person clocked some hours in, but they didn't get the nine wins. Wow. Getting <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah that's what you got to do when you get for, for your first three games you get a portrait for the second uh six you get like a kneel i guess she did she i thought she had like a sitting skin already she had a sitting she has a sitting skin, it's, but it's a victory pose kneeling oh i thought it was yeah, okay. not, it's not a kneel. no it's a victory okay pose. it's a kneel okay it's a pose okay so yeah you can kneel for the pose and uh there's a Colin Kaepernick joke in there somewhere. I just couldn't grab it fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, That's what she said. Yeah. Ooh. And then there's uh, there's the Epic skin for nine games. So, I mean, this is actually going to probably get me to play my other, my third account, uh, even my fourth account that I've been like kind of just putting off because it takes five minutes per game, to, per quick play game for me to queue. So. Right. Um, now, the short almost, story was interesting. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'll, I'll, you're getting into it now. Go ahead. Yeah, the short story, I thought that was interesting because I'm like, okay, they hear us. They are looking for a new way to deliver lore. That being said, I did not finish the short story yet. That is not a bad thing, though. I, I'm not, I, it's not that I don't like this delivery system. It's just that I... I'm always reading something else, right? So right. for me to sit, and it's actually not even that long, right? Um, it's not even it's not even that long, but it was long enough for me to have to take kind of take it in parts, and I didn't get a chance to finish it. Um, eventually, I will finish it. This story to me necessarily wasn't that interesting. Um, it actually continues directly after not old soldiers. What was Anna's? Um, Oh God, I can't remember the name of Anna's comic, but the comic that Anna was in where she sees Reaper's face, it starts directly after that, like right after that part. Okay. Um, so it does, I think, like, you know, like I said, I haven't finished it, but I think it is from the way it's going, it seems like it's, it's the, the gist of it is how Anna got involved back 
into the fight with Soldier 76 and why Soldier 76 is doing what he's doing. And also you know? why Soldier 76 is gay. Yeah, they brought that <laughs> up. Like, it was kind of... Not so, to be political they, or anything, but I hate the fact that the entire thing is, like, overshadowed by that. Yeah, the whole thing is being overshadowed by it, and it's I, I just think it's a little ridiculous. But, I mean, some people are like, oh, they had to make him gay, in my opinion. My, my, my thing on that is like, well, technically speaking, he was always gay. You're just finding out about it. Yeah, they didn't make him gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't make him gay. Like, the character was just always gay, and you're just finding out about it. We're There's not going to no get into that for political reasons, but I do have a couple of really good jokes for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you do. I'm just but saying, I was saying Soldier 70 dicks way before we knew he was gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, be- the best one I saw that's kind of somewhat clean is him in the uh, the grill master suit or the grill master skin. And it's yeah. like, this guy's wearing socks and sandals. Are you guys sure? <laughs> <laughs> Breaking the stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, uh, it, you're right, but it is being overshadowed because I haven't heard anybody talk about the content of the story. And when I say it's a short story, it is literally a short story. Like it has some pictures in it, um, some um some uh, drawings in it some still drawings but it is mostly it's just pretty much all text right you have to read right you have to read yes you will have to read read. what is this you should probably put out a a podcast mini episode of one of us doing a um a dramatic reading of it oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) i volunteer i'm gonna do the entire thing in junk rat voice kinder soldier (laughs) and go yeah hey, if you want to record that shit i'll put it on the feed i might fucking do it just just out of principle <laughs> yeah but basically yeah i mean like i said it wasn't I, I didn't think the story was that great it is just providing a bit more background but i don't mind it like if this is how they want to deliver lore then do it now this has to be significantly easier to deliver right it has to be like it has to be significantly easier to deliver. Uh, it's it's text with some drawings. It's not even a comic where you have to have a bunch of you know artwork, right? Is you have a bunch of artwork, you just got a couple pieces of artwork. Uh, you don't have to animate it like they did with the Flash comics. It's not a cinematic, dude. It's easy. Like I'm, they may they may be putting this out to see how it how it goes, but I haven't heard a single person complain about the delivery method. The only thing they talked about was that soldiers gay. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what they talked about. I had to comb um, through Twitter to find like a synopsis yesterday because I was working. I couldn't read it, and all I could find was that. That's all that anyone cared yeah. about. It might be a brilliant yeah. strategy on it Blizzard's could, part. Actually, it might be, be like, look, this story is very lackluster. For the two and a half years, we haven't given you any lore, but this little nugget right here is going to blow the lid off the water. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, here, here's so, a sub subpar kind of eh, story. Oh, by the way, soldiers gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't so, even yeah. think anyone remembers at this point that the initial trailer uh, promoting Overwatch was all about Doomfist Gauntlet. And then he got it back. Is that the end of the story? <laughs> like no, then, like you know what what i want them to do like okay fine you're, you're talking you're, you're bringing some lore in about anna and why she's rejoining the fight or you know stuff like that um or how soldier convinced her to rejoin the fight whatever but 
the comic that the best comic they put out was the Doom Fist one. That was that oh, entire yeah. Doom Fist release was phenomenal. It was excellent. Best animated short they had, or best like you know, um, what do you call those? Uh, the origin uh, animations. Right. Best one they had. Period. Well, because they went full fledged anime comic. with it. How can you go that wrong? That shit was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was incredible. And then the uh, the comic right after it, which actually felt a little long, but it was really good. It was intriguing. Got that widow, yeah, you know, that, that widowmaker skin. <laughs> I think you got a widowmaker skin with the one with her in the dress and and, the, and him in the suit. You know, you met. Well, isn't Max that, isn't that what led to the release of Chateau? That uh, comic? I don't think so. That, that was Black wrong. Watch, wasn't it? Uh, no, no. Black no, that Watch was, Rialto. was Rialto. Rialto. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah, that was a phenomenal launch, but that was like their be- in my opinion, the best, but I think they, they need to pick that shit back up because, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> you, you learned more about Talon. Like, we know a little about Overwatch. We don't know anything about Talon. Right. You know, like, you and know, that's we, the like, more interesting story in this point. It like, really is. <laughs> we get it. Yeah. Like, it's Avengers. We understand. We've all seen Infinity War. We know how Overwatch will probably end. And it's Thanos, a.k.a. Doomfist. But let's <laughs> talk about Talon. I want to know more about them. You know, yeah, it's, like, it's, who is Maximilian? We got yeah. that, like, one snippet about him and nothing since. And you learn more about the internal workings of Talon. Like, you would think, like, based on, until Doomfist, until they released that story arc. You thought that fucking Reaper was in charge of Talon, but he's taking orders from Doomfist. Right. You know? And the fact that Doomfist probably could have got himself out of prison at any given time, he just got pissed off that he couldn't get his gauntlet back, so he busted himself out and gets it back <laughs> himself? Goddamn. One, one of the biggest criticisms I have of their lore department is the disconnectedness between one release and the next. Right. Um, they feel so isolated that they don't actually bring anything to the world so you look at the sombra animated uh short which was amazing um and then it gets to the end where spoiler there's the whole zarya intrigue it never goes anywhere with that little teaser oh man I no this is already a comic up. right but uh, you know what i mean like it feels so disjointed right. that they leave that cliffhanger at the end of it and then never touch it again well no like they clean they they connected that with the zarya comic uh, the what you call it? Um, I forget the woman's name, but she sent Zarya to go get Sombra. That's. that's I like, guess my, I guess my like, issue with it is the discontinuity between the format in which they do these stories. Oh right. Okay, What's the percentage you, yeah. of people that watched that that short that actually went and read the comic? Well, you I know? did. So I don't. You did. That's all that <laughs> really did, matters. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I get your point. I get yeah. your point. It's, it's a good point. Um. I mean, at this point, we'll take any lore. We'll take if this is how they want to deliver lore, then they fucking do it. They should have just released the goddamn novel in the first place, but they didn't want to. Um, dedi- you know, what's the word I'm looking for? They didn't want, I guess, they dedicate to any lore. You know, they they didn't want to dedicate to anything at the time. But it's like, come on now. And I guess this has to be substantially easier, right? Give Michael. I mean, Michael Chu is definitely he's like coming up with the lore for characters, coming up with character backstory. I mean, he has to have time to write a story like this. Couldn't t- couldn't have taken that long. I'm not saying it's like super easy. You could bust one out every week or something like that. But like once a month, once every two months, once every two months. Come on, <laughs> you know, give us another, give us another piece of lore. I think a big part of that probably is that they're designing characters to work in the game first, and then building the lore around their abilities and all, and building the story around characters that are built second. 
You know what I mean? So they're not like right. writing themselves in a corner, giving somebody like some weird obscene power or ability or something completely useless. Right. I mean, that that's true that I mean, they could do that, but they can also, I mean, when, when they just flash a name or talk about somebody or something like that, uh, that person can take any form, right? True. And sometimes they can take any power, especially like if, you know, if they're just talking about them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah, I think I can, they can go both ways. But I think, I, I mean, I, I don't mind this uh, this delivery method. I think it's fine. I, uh, hopefully the stories do get a little better. I mean, obviously not all of them are going to be. I wouldn't call this dry per se, but God damn, there's a lot of setup in this, in this, you know, <laughs> in this story. But it does paint a picture for you, you know, when they're talking about when they're talking about how they're making their way through the alleyways and stuff like that, you know, stuff like that. I think that's that's fine. So the more I think about it, the more I want to do this whole dramatic reading. Yeah, <laughs> it was a dark and gloomy night. Exactly. That's all I can think about is Junkrat narrating it. Yeah, go. I go for it, Kinder. I'll put it on the feed. God help us all. Kinder reads Overwatch lore. It's <laughs> your boy, explodey penis. <laughs> uh, but okay, let's go ahead and jump into the PTR patch notes because that is probably the important stuff right actually let me just double check one thing pretty great before we move on i do want to mention two other things one you can get your overwatch league 2019 skins if you're into that type of thing i just leave twitch running and get the points and i buy skins when i think they look good that's kind of how i I get my overwatch that's a good idea that's all i do <laughs> I just during that. the season i just leave twitch running on the overwatch <laughs> channel and then i just mute it and just let it go <laughs> get my hell I, I didn't even think about doing that that's so obvious though for yeah. anyone upset that mercy was the only character that got the charity uh skin the all pink skin now with the charge everyone can wear all pink so there you go there, there you go. go yeah uh, also, the game browser and custom games had updates. Uh, status icons, status effect icons now display on effect on afflicted hero portraits. This is in um, spectator mode, by the way. Um, so, status effect icons now display on afflicted hero portraits. An option to toggle an over-the-shoulder spectator camera now available. This feature can be found under Options, Gameplay, Use Simple 3P Projector Camera. An option to mute voice lines while spectating now available. This feature can be found under Options, Gameplay, Enable Voice Lines while spectating. Uh, I mean, if you're just spectating like randos, that might be a little annoying. Like if somebody just keeps spamming winky face or something like that. (laughs) But... Normally, you want to hear the voice line so you can hear the alt call outs and stuff like that. So, you're going to get someone in there spamming, I'm number one over and over again. For is this easy mode? <laughs> yeah. I got to admit, so. I did spam that a little bit in the tournament. Uh, so, oh, you did? You <laughs> a little toxic there, Kinder? <laughs> just a little bit. And they were right on me, too. Like, we were moving the point, just kept spamming it. And they, they just happened to have the camera on me. It's pretty uh. good. <laughs> All right, so now we'll move into the PTR, the PTR patch notes. So, a couple things happening here. First of all, general damage reduction from armor reduced from negative five to negative three. Their reasoning for it. Before this change, armor reduced all incoming damage up uh, uh, by five, by up to five, maxing at half the normal amount. Sorry, I'm like, the screen is. 
I need to change the color on the screen to read this properly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Is your F dot plus messing with you? Yeah, yeah. Like I actually should probably turn that off. Um, Max I mean, I'm loving mine. I look out. super tan now. I'm never turning this thing off. <laughs> <laughs> it's not helping me none. Mm. This change reduces the damage reduction to three while still capping at half. This change will be mostly noticeable on heroes that fire quickly or in bursts of shots such as shotguns, and which do more than six damage per shot. For example, Soldier 76 Heavy Pulse Rifle will now do 16 damage per shot to armor up from 14 and increase of 15%. Armor was a bit too strong overall, especially when being healed quickly and often. This change will help more heroes fight against higher armored heroes. I mean, isn't the point of having an armored hero so they can survive? That's the point, right? And I don't really, I don't think you can melt a Reinhardt. (laughs) You can melt a Reinhardt. You can can. melt a D.Va. I've been deleted as every tank on multiple occasions. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's just like yeah, I don't think it's that necessarily. It wasn't like I don't think it was overpowered i think the problem was for a while we there was there were too many ways to get armor but now they removed it from torb the only person you're getting armor from is brig like it's i don't think it's that big of a deal but let's hop in the brig because she got another nerf another one another one yeah rally now has a maximum duration of 30 seconds sometimes and this is what their logic their reasoning i should say sometimes rally could cause a snowballing effect where it was too difficult to deal with the increased health of briggs allies before she built up another one this change puts up a puts a cap on how long her rally effect can last to make it a bit more manageable in those situations right and this is a weird one because it can either be a huge nerf in certain situations or completely unnoticeable. Uh, like tonight, whenever we were uh, playing our, our second round of maps, um, my logic is when the enemy team's coming into a team fight, hob armor, so uh, even if they burn some of your HP, you know you can gain the maximum potential amount that yeah. you can during a team fight. That's pretty standard procedure. Uh, but we ended up wiping them pretty handily without really needing it. But that armor carried over to the next team fight, get, still get a lot of value from that ult. Um, but now that you have that 30 second cap, that essentially is a wasted ult. So whether or not that's working as intended, it's up for debate. Uh, it's definitely a, definitely a, a nerf to her overall. And it's definitely, um, uh, definitely not helping her doing her any favors or anything. But at this point, it kind of makes me wonder why is armor even in the game at this point? (laughs) That's where I'm at with it, too. Like at this point, just get rid of it. Right. You know, and and retune the HP of the tanks uh, with that in mind. You know, I mean, something I just don't see the point of it at this point. Right. Yeah. I mean, from where I from when (laughs) I play Brig or when I see people play Brig, um, obviously, I do see people pop armor before a fight and then go in which is probably not the best way to do it because you want to get the the most effective way is to pop it during a fight so you can get the maximum amount of armor from it it's a bit of a um, trade-off though because if you pop it before a fight you can guarantee that all six people are getting armor and all six people are benefiting in the mid in mid fight a lot of time you can't necessarily catch everybody unless you're a super tight death ball which never fucking happens but um so it's it's situational in my opinion but go ahead 
Yeah, I, I most in most cases I'll pop a donor fight. That's why I find I find it to be most effective. Like it'll keep people alive, it makes harm from the kill, and you'll generally win that fight. But I love when I hear Brig pop that armor before a fight. Because now you know you don't gotta worry about it. <laughs> like, you know, her <laughs> using like, you know, now they only they only have a hundred. And I just haven't been having a ton of problems. Or see my team having a ton of problems with the armor, you know, like getting the armor off somebody. Like when you know they have the armor, you know the, the to kill somebody is going to take a bit longer, right? And you kind of react accordingly. Uh, I'm not going right. to say it wasn't helpful at all, but I just didn't see a problem burning through it in the first place. So um, I don't think this buff or this nerf, sorry, I don't think this nerf is really going to affect how effective the armor is, especially the way that I use it. Um Maybe in lower elos that was the problem, and here we have this middle of the road balancing philosophy, right? You know. Well, I don't know. I, I think it probably affects things more at the higher elo because team fights are over like that uh, in in a lot of the higher tiers, and you know, team fights over, you still carry that armor over. That's that's a, a huge benefit for the next fight over. You know, you got a ton of extra hit points. Right, but at the same time, like. <laughs> In higher elos, they're way more effective at dealing damage, and especially focus damage to a character. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, also think I, it, I was going to say at lower elos, um, you have fights regularly last longer than 30 seconds, um, where the, I think that's the only time where Brig is actually really effective at lower elos is her ult, um, because people don't play around her like they do at higher levels. So when that ult just sustains forever because people continue to trickle, that's when you really get maximum benefit from it. So I don't know. I doubt that's why they did this, but I see it affecting it pretty heavily, at least when it's used at that elo. I still see Brig and lower elos staying alive for a long time because people almost ignore her. Yeah, she does get ignored a lot. She gets ignored because she's not, in terms of damage, she's not as big a threat as she used to be. But People don't view her a, as high impact right now, so they just kind of let her walk around and do their thing. Right. Yeah, but if you let her wail on somebody for long enough, she can win that fight. Right. <laughs> you know, she's as a fight she can win. She's Actually, still... Just, uh, should, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, you still shouldn't be 1v1-ing Brig. You still oh, yeah. should not. You know, that's still a bad look for you. So, no, I, was I mean, gonna I, say, just, uh, I, I just thought of something that uh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, go ahead. Whenever you, uh, when you have this ghost v goats thing that's been going on in high elos a lot, the TTK has got to be really high, uh, especially with that armor, because you're not doing a whole lot of burst damage, just brawl, you know, brawl, fight, scrap, whatever. Uh, But it is really effective at mitigating high burst damage uh, because, you know, 200 HP hero gets however much extra armor you can get. You know, that's the difference between a one shot kill and, you know, not dying to that. So maybe that's what they were trying to do is mitigate that long brawly TTK they have with Ghost v. Ghosts and making it more effective and ult against burst damage and trying to kind of, you know, push that as a kind of, I, I don't, I'm trying to look for the words to describe what I'm saying, but you, you, you understand what I'm trying to say, correct? No. Yeah, no? I was trying to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's right. fine. It's 1145 uh, but- here. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on to diva 
Defense Matrix cooldown increased from 1 to 2 seconds. This change allows Diva's enemies to try to play around her Defense Matrix by increasing its cooldown, its, its downtime between uses. Yikes. And it's an oof. It's, <laughs> I, I, it just, I'm not saying that. Like, So none of these nerfs, right? Even the Reaper nerf, right? It's... That that would actually be rebuffed. Yeah. We're going to get into that in a second. All these patches or all these changes they're making on the PTR. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Oh my god, this is going to kill Brig, or oh my god, this is going to kill Diva because it's not. But it just feels unnecessary. It just it feels very unnecessary. I um, understand them wanting to tune Diva because she's literally the most picked hero in the game for two years running. She is effective in every single comp you can imagine. She's good at everything. There's not really I anything she's bad at. I don't see a problem. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't either. I don't either. I don't either. But I can see why they want to tune her based on that. Um, I don't know that this helps, um, especially like the armor nerf hurts her because she's not as tanky, but it also helps her because she can output a little more damage. Um, so that's a wash, but then DM having that longer cooldown. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I don't see like, I don't see a problem with diva being as effective as she is. I, I don't think diva's overpowered. I don't think she's OP. No, uh, her defense yeah, matrix just is just a good character. move. It mitigates fucking damage. Like, it, it, like, <laughs> it does what a tank is designed to do to take space and mitigate damage, you know? It, it mitigates damage and you have to use it smart. I mean, that's why Divas and lower egos get their asses whooped all the time because they just burn their whole defense matrix. You just wait, burn, burn them down. That's how, like, that's the thing. Like, in higher, the higher egos you go, the better the, 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 the Divas are much better at uh, managing their matrix. And I don't think this is going to change too much in high elos because the, the, those divas will look at, okay, the cooldown time is a little different now and still be able to manage their matrix pretty well. Uh, it does raise the skill floor of, the, uh, of using right. diva. It definitely is, uh, uh, manages the skill, uh, raises the skill floor, which... I think it definitely will affect lower elos more than it will affect higher elos. And in those situations where you could really use a diva's help, if the players really can't adjust, which let's be real, they're in those elos because of how they play the game. I mentioned the three things. They don't communicate well. Don't, um, don't know how to play game, mecha- game mechanically. Don't know how to play the game properly theoretically. You're dealing with those three things, and fuck, I would say gold, uh, bronze through platinum. They're like when you get into platinum, people are finally starting to get their shit together. <laughs> you know, that's kind of that's that's what platinum is. This is to get your shit together rank. Right. You know, so yeah, like it 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 just kind of hurts them. And if you now the thing is, if you take diva and you adjust to her, you adjust to the problem. You you can. You, I think you might be able to rank up a bit now with Diva if you can get really good with her. But go ahead, uh, Kender. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I play a whole lot of Diva, and um, I actually had a discussion with Yankee uh, the other day about whether or not uh, this actually lowers her skill ceiling or raises her low. It lowers it. Uh, absolutely increases skill floor. There's no question about that. It makes her more difficult to use. Uh, but since you have the same amount of matrix. Um, we got in a discussion whether or not it would actually make her less effective as a character, whether or not it's a hard nerf if you play perfect diva. Um, and 
if you do play a perfect diva, uh, a lot of time what you'll do is say you have a Hanzo peeking, shooting, peeking, shooting, uh, trying to catch a pick on one of your healers or something. Uh, it's it's nothing to pop out Matrix for a second just to catch that arrow, you know, save your mercy while she's rezzing or something. Because you don't just hold it up. You know, you kind of pulse it. And that was one of the scenarios I brought up. And I don't know. I, I think we're going to see a lot of people in a weird place with D.Va uh, because I was using her tonight and took note of it uh, as I was playing D.Va. Like, well, what if I couldn't have used Matrix here for, you know, two seconds? Because you're doubling the potential downtime that you have before you can use Matrix again. And um, I already have a lot of trouble catching things like Grav, which is huge for a really good D.Va player. You have to be able to actually catch a grab or catch a mail, things like that. Uh, keep a real good eye on her. That's something I'm just not personally good at. And at the ranks that I play at, at least, it's a rare occurrence. And it's like, oh, you know, Pog, it's a huge play. But in the higher levels, that's something that happens pretty regularly. And they deal with D.Va first because of that. Right. Yeah, like, I mean, even when I'm playing in low elos, I don't toss out a grab unless, like, the D.Va's back is to me. Uh, and I shoot at the diva's back, or like you know, I'll uh, or you know, the diva is out of mech, or right. I know she's drained her matrix all the way, right? You know? And so this also it, offers a huge opportunity for guaranteed matrix baiting. Uh, you don't no longer have a guessing game whether or not they have matrix left. It's more about all right, they used it just now. I have two second uh, two second window guaranteed where I can throw a free grab or have free reign to shoot at her or, or whatever. Uh, so that kind of, it adds not a footsie game. What, what, what would that be called? Um, I guess just, it'd just be counterplay to her. And I'm interested to see how that affects the higher tiers. Right. Yeah. I think people who, people who main deep in higher tiers, if they're like, you know, if they're, if their matrix management isn't where it should be, we might see them drop a little bit. I don't think this necessarily makes, I don't think like, I don't think it raises the skill ceiling because it doesn't make Diva weaker. It means that the player behind, behind Diva needs to be smarter, pay more attention. Um, but like she can still be just as effective if managed properly. The way you play Diva has to change a little bit. You got to have a little bit more foresight when it comes to using the matrix. Like, um, if you know there's a Zarya that she should have her ult by now, you gotta look for it. Just like we look for Reinhardt shatters. Like, oh, this Reinhardt, he's 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 fishing for a shatter. Like we know he's fishing for a shatter. That's not the time for you to go ham on Reinhardt and just swing at him. Unless you know you're good enough to bait it out and then put still put your shield up, but most people aren't. Let's be real. Be be honest with yourself, <laughs> folks. Okay? Okay? You know, so my favorite way to bait a Reinhardt <laughs> hammer. Is to charge them while my team's not behind me. I'll take the L from the team. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I'm not a Masters Reinhardt player. <laughs> like, I know you got it. Spend it. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I 180 blocked the Shatter tonight. And uh, yeah. it felt amazing. My, t- my back was turned to him. And I hear Hammer. I just spun and held a right, tr- right uh, mouse button and blocked it. The shit nice. out of it, and then charge him right into a box and oh, nice. back him a little bit. Oh, you know. Thrill actually had an amazing shatter block uh, tonight in the tournament. Uh, oh, yeah, we were uh, we were fighting on point, uh, and the Ryan's coming in for a shatter. I knew he was about to do it, and I pressed. I was I was on Brig, and I pressed the button to get my shield up. I 
I thought for sure I didn't get it up in time because I saw it coming down. I was like, oh shit, I'm going down. And then out of fucking nowhere, an angel descends from the heavens and I get bubbled. And oh, yeah. he blocks a shatter on himself using the bubble on me. So he was standing directly behind me, blocked the shatter with the bubble, saved both me and himself, and we took down the ride. It was absolutely gorgeous. Nice. Nice. Now let's go ahead and move on to Reaper. Uh, this is another just it's just a buff that I don't think is necessary. Um, so Reaper the Reaping, his life steal ability increased from thirty percent to fifty percent. Now they just increased it from twenty to thirty percent not long ago, but apparently that wasn't enough. So basically, fifty percent of the damage dealt he gets back now. Their reasoning for this. Reaper's passive is one of the main tools he has, which allows him to play aggressively when near his enemies. This allows him to keep the pressure up as long as he can stay near his enemies enough to keep dealing damage. His change is particularly effective versus tanks, as they tend to do less damage than damage heroes, and also makes also take more damage from his Hellfire shotguns due to their larger hit volumes unnecessary like they now like basically like you know i don't know if they want reaper to be like just a charge and character like he just kind of walks into your face and starts shooting the shit out of you you know uh, and it should be noted that on smaller targets his lifesteal is less effective on smaller targets because he's right. dealing less damage to them because the pellets aren't hitting the reason why he deals more damage on tanks is because all of his pellets hit you know, that's why he deals more damage on tanks. Why he's so effective against, especially like Winston, and effective against uh, Hammond, for example. Big old ball. You know. So, yeah. I mean, actually, somebody in the chat, I forget who said it, but they said they got soloed by Reaper as D.Va today. Because uh, remember, like, you also have the armor nerf that just right. happened, too. So, that means tanks are actually have less survivability than they did before. They, technically speaking, have less health than they did before it also affects a lot of the spread projectile characters because armor ticks on each one of those pellets right so that that nerf to armor is a buff across the board to numerous dps characters along with reaper um i read something earlier on twitter that from a mathematical standpoint i think ryan's swing does 70 damage per hit yeah. And Reaper can do at a max 140 per burst if he lands every pellet without a headshot. He gets 50% back. So he can literally take zero damage from Ryan oh, as he just yeah. pumps it with body shots, just with bodies. So I, I just. Moral of the story don't swing on uh, Reaper anymore. No, not anymore. <laughs> you can't do it. It's, you're just wasting your time at that point. You better hold your shield up and stare at the ground and keep hopping backwards. Right. I think this is just yet another way for the, of them just trying to absolutely decimate goats in any way that they can. Uh, and if you're going to buff Reaper, which I, I'm not opposed to buffing Reaper uh, because the place that he's in right now, he could kind of use a little bit of a buff. But if they're going to do something with him, do something with his E ability. You know, his teleport needs fixing, needs changing, needs something. But this, uh, I don't see the need. His teleport may be a little faster, but it definitely doesn't need to be quieter. That's for damn sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, the reason his teleport is the way it is 
is because he is a he's an extremely powerful hero. Like he is a cannon and not a glass cannon either. I mean, to deal with Reaper as he's like, you know, fucking up one of your tanks, you have to put a substantial amount of damage on him. He already has 250 health. He's pumping out a ton of damage. You know, um, there's no guarantee that your healer is going to be able to keep you up per se. You know, um, your healer is going to at least have trouble keeping you up. Like and. Most way most people play Reaper now. He flanks, and if you flank well, like you'll be fine. Like you, you know, you kind of flank behind them. You wait for them to engage the team a little bit. You pop a healer. You know, you pop one of their tanks. You know, you start hitting one of their tanks in the back. Like, you know, this is just going to make him a a, a a much bigger threat. I think in higher elos, maybe like you know, he he's dealt with uh, way better. Because communication is a little better, or people are more um, cognizant of where he is. But and, and every time they make one of these Reaper buffs, it definitely like I've seen him more like you know ruin games. I shouldn't say ruin games, or you know wreck teams more in lower elos every time they give him a buff here. You know, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean that's that, I mean that's just kind of the truth of the matter. Now, if the entire game, I say it all the time, if the, if the entire game was balanced top down. I don't think this would be a problem, but it's not. The entire game isn't balanced top down. We have a middle of the road balance philosophy, and you know that thing just need to make a decision, right? And I think the larger problem here is that flank routes uh, on maps are more designed for characters with mobility like Genji or Tracer, or even hell, even Winston. Really, you know, that can get in fast and you know get it sneak in behind somebody. Whereas Reaper, you know, you're you're walking. You're walking or you're using that big bright ass telly that he has and you know nobody's it's not like it doesn't have any use especially if you play a reaver a lot there's tons of places where you can teleport to and they can hear that you are teleporting but you don't necessarily immediately have to jump down from where you are and start fucking them up or something like that right you don't have like you can play it smart right you now and and do some damage like how many teams have you seen get fucked up by the crouching reaper how many <laughs> <laughs> you know and i mean ben's in gold i'm pretty sure he sees it all the time like if you play like sure if you play reaper and you just stomp around on time because he has like you know some really loud footsteps and he has loud footsteps for a reason you know right yeah he's gonna get caught people are gonna turn around you know stuff like that the um I would say the saving grace of the lower elos generally is that the reapers who are playing are not that mechanically good. They will do the thing that I just told you not to do, which is to, you know, teleport someplace right where widow can see them or teleport someplace where, and then immediately like, you know, as soon as the queue is the noise queue is done, they'll just jump down from where they are, where everybody knows where, where you are. Right. Right. Um, that's usually that's probably that's probably the saving grace. Like I'm not saying this is completely like broken. I just think it's unnecessary. That's what I'm saying. But I think a big reason he's so successful at lower elos is because of how forgiving his kit is. Um, you don't have to be mechanically gifted to be effective with Reaper. Um, you have to point at a large mass, which as a tank is not hard to hit, and you just fill them with pellets. And then you can shift around and reposition yourself to avoid damage. Um, you can end it whenever you want. You reload doing that. Um, I think 
a lot of the times when and again in lower elos when reapers dominate i think part of that is the ult too a lot of people don't save cooldowns for specific ults in those low elos so you don't save right. a hook or a sleep dart or a defense matrix or anything like that um he just comes out of nowhere from above your head and gets a six man by pressing one button and uh this makes him even more survivable in that instance as well um right, right. so I don't know. I think it's going to cause absolute havoc in bronze and silver. Those poor guys. Which you know, I'm yeah. I'm okay with a little havoc down there. You know, if they're if they're doing top down balancing, but uh, but they're if not. It were, yeah. <laughs> if it, if it were me making changes to Reaper, uh, I would change his teleportability to be you know the little ghost thing he does. It's supposed to represent his wraith form that he does in yeah. the uh, actual videos. Um have an ability kind of like that that works similarly to Moira Fade but omnidirectional and maybe make him hittable while he's in it you know so give him kind of the speed kind of like Moira's ability is be able to place it wherever the heck you want in the air or something kind of almost like a Genji Dash you know what I mean um, that way you can position him anywhere you want there's not really a moment where you're just <laughs> and then you know Right, you're looking like How an idiot. <laughs> Do it one more oh, time. Yeah, that's literally what it in. is. Hey, I'm gonna fuck your shit up, man. <laughs> Watch yeah. this, Clem. Yeah, and like I mean, the the thing, and I, you know, I, I've mentioned, you know, the balance and philosophy, the middle of the road balance philosophy, and how it's not top down. The reason why. I'm saying that if they did have a top-down balance philosophy, this wouldn't be as big of a deal. Is because if they if they if, they, if from the start, or even for the next six months, they actually start. They actually, you know, do a top-down balance philosophy with all their characters, right? Um, that forces people in lower elos to either get better or fall back. Like they're either going to fall down, maybe even lose interest in the game because they're just not as effective as they used to be, or they're going to get better, right? They don't make the game easier for players uh, because they just want the, the the character to be played more in that elo, for example. You know, uh, like what they did with Junkrat and Double Minds. That's like one of the dumbest updates, like you know, one of the dumbest patches they've ever they've ever done. You know, um, but that that's the thing. Like if, if they did actually have a competitive top down balance philosophy, which I would definitely enjoy, the player base would adjust to it. But the player base, you know what happens right now when something's wrong or they, they're they not good with a character, they just go complain about it. They don't get better. They just complain about it. They complain about the game. You know, that that's kind of the issue. So, right. I know, like I said, he, in, in up and higher elos, uh, this will probably help, especially with goats. In lower elos, I think it's going to cause a much bigger issue. I don't think this is effective at all in higher elos. I don't see you. I don't see it increasing in any picks for reaper um with the armor nerf across the board tracer is far more effective than reaper even with this buff um and brig not being on the field tracer is going to be back in the meta big time i think you're going to see a return to dive on a lot of different maps um reaper's never really gonna in my opinion gonna get the love at the high level because he's not as effective as again a tracer who can pump out the same damage but be in and out repeatedly and hard to keep track of. Whereas Reaper's a little more one dimensional. Yep. 
I'll give you that. So, all right, we'll we'll uh we'll end uh well that segment on that note. Let's get into our community questions, which we have two two beefy questions from Wood Tier Group Guru. Lots of setup in these questions. So let's get started. It says, uh, we keep asking Blizzard for more content. Content can come in many different forms from heroes to maps to game types to the much requested social features. Currently, there are only four game types in competitive rotation. Payload, Assault, Hybrid, and Control. I, I kind of consider that three because Hybrid is two of the, of the previous, but that's just me. Um, the OW team put in a ton of work years ago to get CTF to a point where it had its own maps and multiple iterations of the game type rules. Personally, I think it was criminally underrated by the community, mostly due to the fact that the game didn't force the community to learn it. You Can you imagine if Assault, aka 2CP, was originally introduced as an arcade game? I believe it would be in the same situation. Do you think my anal- analysis is correct? Would you prefer to consider changing to the game type uh, ch- what would you consider changing to the game type rules to make it more competitive than anything although it would be a radical change do you think it would be a beneficial to the game to introduce ctf in some form to the competitive rotation i believe that if the game type was pun- was pushed into the competitive rotation people would be forced to learn it and people would gain more of a respect for it i would make the same argument for the implementation of 66 elimination uh, to the competitive rotation. I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on the matter. So, the thing about Overwatch, uh, especially with CTF, when, you know, when they, well, let's go back to the first year where they had CTF and they really just scrapped that shit together and was like, here you go, here's something fun to do. It's the Blizzard philosophy. This is like some something <laughs> fun to play. Like, they didn't take any consideration into what would actually how ctf would work in overwatch uh I, actually at the time i don't even think your moves got disabled when you got the uh flag no um, they didn't at least they not didn't. at first yeah so i mean the second year they definitely made some changes to it they made uh, a, a map for it and they try to take it a bit more seriously i think then we have a competitive ctf season i can't yes. remember yeah we uh-huh. had, like a 3v3 competitive ctf season right right it wasn't 6v6 if I remember correctly. I think it was 6v6. I, I think it was 6. Yeah. I, yeah. The thing about CTF is that in Overwatch, their philosophy is that they want you to be able to play any character on any map in any game mode and have a good time. That is top dog to them. That would never work in CTF. They would never be able to balance CTF properly. CTF would come down to using certain characters at certain times, especially uh, since the flag carrier needs to have all abilities disabled. Because if that's the case, Lucio is going to be carrying the flag all the time, popping speed and then carrying the flag. That's what's that's what's going to happen. That's what the um, meta was whenever uh, CTF was kind of a big thing. It was just you got to have a Lucio, hundred percent. Yeah, I got to have the Lucio and. Uh, you probably want a Winston because he can jump far, right? You know, you probably want a right. Diva because they can move fast. Like, you know, mobility characters would be king in CTF, and the Overwatch team probably just wouldn't they wouldn't like that because that's not their philosophy with the game. They want you... I mean, part of the problem with one-tricking and why they accept it is because they want you to be able to play the character that you want to play any map. That's part of the problem with their uh, map balancing to a degree. And that's, I should say it's a problem, but it's something that... Um, handicaps their maps when they're right. building. Like they don't want to build a map that 
you know, uh, gives a certain character an advantage, right? They don't want any must-pick characters on a map. Right. And that's how you get Call of Duty maps. You can only get <laughs> – like, like when, Call of Duty, their map creation philosophy is they only want you to be able to get shot from four different directions at one time. That's the maximum amount of directions they want you to get shot from, and it hampers their map creation. Uh, and the same thing with Overwatch, wanting every single character, including future characters – to not be favored on certain maps, you know, <laughs> God damn. <laughs> like that, that's, that, that's, that, that, that hampers a lot, you know? Um, so that's why I don't think CTF would essentially work, uh, because it would just come down to a specific character meta. And then if you didn't like playing those characters, you'd never play CTF. And that's why you can't really add CTF into the competitive rotation because, you know, if, if your SR was reliant on this game mode, like you hop into, unless they would, you would they would have to enable it so that you could disable certain game modes in competitive because if you right. if your sr is reliant on getting into this game mode where you where you play characters that you just don't want to play or you lose because they, those characters have such an advantage you know that's why i don't think it will work in comp i mean even if you force the you force it into rotation and force community to play i think a lot of people would actually just stop playing competitive to yeah. be honest with you I, they uh go ahead go ahead Gender. Uh, I was just gonna say like the only other game mode that I've discussed with anybody that I think could potentially work, uh, and it's still not not too far a cry from what we have already, uh, is a style of two CP where each team has a point, and you know you have to capture the other team's point while avoiding yours being captured. And that, I'm not gonna get into all the mechanics of it, but I had a discussion with somebody the other day about it. And it seemed like it might work even with current balance and everything while adding a, a level of depth to the game. But uh, that's that's kind of the Achilles heel with Overwatch in general is that with unless you're staying pretty close to the, the way the game types are now, it's going to be really difficult to introduce anything really devastatingly new to actual competitive modes. Yeah, the the way the game works is they want you to fight as six, you know, a six a person team, you know, cohesive unit. Um, something like CTF, even if it was six v six, require your team to split up, right? <laughs> you know, so that's just kind of the game is designed. They, uh, not saying it could never work, but they'd have to change uh, quite a bit, especially for CTF and how and how the you know the, the characters interact and how they worked. And you said you know. Uh, you make the same argument for implementation of 6v6 elimination to the competitive rotation. So the reason why I'm not necessarily sure that worked because we had a 6v6 season, and while it was kind of fun, it was definitely like super chaotic because those maps, the the elimination maps, are not made for six people. They're made uh, was they not made for twelve. Way people. too small for twelve yeah. people to be. Yeah, they're there. made for they're made for six people. Um, so I, th- but I personally, I would love if there was a if there was a separate. Three v three competitive elimination queue. I, I think three v three elimination is a ton of fun uh, to play, but the reason I just don't play that much is like, well, I can sink my time into playing that, and it's kind of worthless to a degree. Or I could just actually work on at my SR, or I could work on somebody else's SR, you know, something like that. Right. So, I think uh, Destiny tried implementing a game mode that wasn't all the way fleshed out in their competitive mode about four months ago called Breakthrough. And people just literally stopped playing comp. And I think that's what would happen here. Um, 
I would be livid if I loaded into a comp game with a bunch of randoms and saw I was captured the flag. Oh yeah. Um, because <sighs> no one knows how to play it. Um, that's not, I know we always rail and rant on them introducing patches in the middle of a season, but introducing a brand new game mode like that into the new, into the already existing life cycle of this game would just be chaos. Right. Because well, I think it would alienate a lot of people very quickly. Um, and it wouldn't be received well. Yeah, and that's what he's saying. Like, if he, if if they put CTF into the competitive rotation, it will force people to learn how to play, which is true. It would force people to learn how to play. The people that stayed yeah. would learn how to play it. <laughs> but you're going to get a lot of – I mean, you get people now who they only, they only want to play certain characters. I mean, let's be honest. That's what Rework Mercy is about because people yeah. want to play Mercy all they the time. They want to play Mercy. Yeah, that's it. And she's just not as effective as she used to be. But go ahead, Kendra. I would say that an alternative that might make everyone happy uh, would be to introduce something like an arcade competitive uh, where you don't necessarily have, you know, all the craziness like the super, super high gravity or super low gravity, things like that. But you have things like captured flag and alternative game types that could potentially work in comp, but you don't want to introduce to comp comp, you know. So you still have a competitive mode where you have different game modes, capture the flag, things like that, kind of like you did in Halo and stuff. You know, you didn't have capture the flag in in Halo ranked matches. You know, you had uh, assault or, you know, you had a separate key for SWAT, things like that. So if you introduce that kind of uh, complete separate space while still keeping competitive SR, uh, that would bring, I think, it, I, I would think that would bring the variety that people want without ruining the base competitive mode. All right. And you could, you could actually call it like, like uh, champions mode or hero mode or yeah, arcade. Something that's not, you know, arcade. Exactly. Yeah. Like here's some crazy games. How good are you? Like, cause it, it does test your over, like your overall skill at overwatch. They put like mystery heroes in that shit or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just a little bit more fun, but yeah, yeah. Like, put it into regular competitive, regular competitive and people take competitive, like really seriously. Oh, uh, some people take competitive really seriously and yeah. they shouldn't because they're never, they're not going to make contenders. They're not yeah. going to make overwatch league. It's not that big of a deal, but you know, but they do. And it'll just add, to the stress and more toxicity to the game but yeah yeah. and that would be a really good place to test out game modes that you think could work in comp but may not be ready so like have seasons half as long as a regular comp season don't change them for that season the next season all right there's a new game mode in rotation and if one of them's really really good like say they introduced that that you know two separate capture points idea if they did something like that and it worked out and it seemed like it could fit in with the regular rotation of Overwatch comp, then maybe introduce it then after you've tried it and tested it and all. Right. I think yeah. the testing that they've done of capture the flag in the arcade mode shows exactly why all three of us, I don't think would want to see in a comp. Exactly. Yeah. Because it, it wasn't good, you know? So there's, I don't think Overwatch lends itself to a capture the flag type mode. I mean, I think Kenner's idea makes a lot of sense. A, what is it? What is they called? Hard point in Call of Duty, um, right. where the point the the control points are rotating throughout the map. I think could work really well. Yeah, um, and we we've talked about that with Bob before. Yeah, yeah, that that I think could be a really cool one. Um, even a tug of war, uh, kind of mechanic that Jaws talked about. 
but I just don't see Capture the Flag ever gaining real traction with the way the game's designed. I agree. Right. And let's move on to the second question. It says, I've listened to all of the recent podcasts in a fairly short period of time, and the concept of reworking Mercy to have some kind of CC reducer has come quite a bit. As the game produces more heroes, it will force some into more niche roles and some into more generalist roles. Mercy is huge in popularity, which creates some controversy over her becoming more niche, although my argument for her not needing a rework is similar to your argument for Bastion not needing to, uh, not needing to be more of a generalist. Rather than reworking Mercy to be different than her current identity, I think it would be better to add her to add a new main healer into the game that has anti-CC ability. You keep talking about being reworked into Mercy. Nisha's not bad, and neither is Mercy as long as she is being used with the proper synergies such as Farrah, Ash, and Widow. Are your thoughts on Mercy needing this particularly uh, particular ability due to Mercy rework outcry, or because you think she should be one of those generalist heroes? It is a. It is due to the Mercy rework outcry. If you go back a little bit further, well, actually, maybe a lot further. I can't. I've been calling <laughs> for an anti CC hero for 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 a bit now, uh, for quite some time. Um, a hero that has. A hero that has a utility, right? Like we, uh, uh, I think originally I was calling for a support that didn't necessarily heal, but had utility. You know, like you know, they could cleanse, they could be anti CC. Maybe and originally it was on a new hero. Like um, I didn't want Brig. I wanted a new hero that had anti CC and cleanse, and it's different on different abilities, right? Like that was that was their abilities, and we didn't get it with Brig, we didn't get it with Hammond. What we got was the opposite. We got more CC with Brig and Hammond. Um, so even with Ash, we got a little CC. Twenty eighteen was the year of Overwatch CC for sure. <laughs> um, but the idea to put it on Mercy was due to the rework Mercy outcry. The thing about Mercy is originally, like, you have to, you got to look at the original concepts of these characters and why they were built the way they were built. When the game first came out, there was only one main healer, Mercy, and it was expected that she be in every game. There was her as the main healer, a couple off healers, and Sim. Never should have been there. But the um, <laughs> 50 shields, not enough, dog. Not enough. Um, but yeah, so that's what and I can understand the, the players outcry about it because originally she was built to be the main healer. And it was played like that for quite some time, especially in beta. And then Anna came out after. But Anna just wasn't that as, as effective as they wanted her to be, mainly due to the shield meta, right? Um, you couldn't get shots through when your team were fighting. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I don't mind Mercy being niche to be perfectly honest with you. I just think that it would help her be more effective in her current state if she had some type of anti-CC. She'd still technically be a, like an off-heel, I think. Yeah, she'd, she'd still be an off-heel. She'd, yeah, be, the, I mean, she'd be the she'd, the best off-heel <laughs> you could have because of how I mean, much Mercy, mercy would be back in every game and all the Mercy one-tricks wouldn't have nothing to cry about anymore. Right, yeah, like you, you know, and it, I think it'd add a little bit my, more diversity to the game too. Because okay, fine, now you have two off heels. You do Mercy Zen, but you have way more utility than you had before. You have anti CC and you got Discord, you know, stuff like that. Uh, so that's where the whole put the anti CC ability on Mercy or the cleanse ability on Mercy came from. Not because I'm trying to actually save Mercy. I think Mercy is boring as shit. 
I do. Like, that's why I have tried several times to learn to play her well. Um, I can play her. You're going to die, though. But you're going <laughs> to... I'll bring you back, though. I'll bring you back. I can play her, um, but I don't enjoy playing her, which is why I would not personally play her past gold. Me, personally. If you see me in, with the Mercy and Platinum... Don't yeah, you're gonna we're gonna lose. But you know, I wouldn't play her past gold. Um I, I will go on record though saying that I, I personally I, I agree with with Tier Guru. Um purely based on the fact that even though Mercy probably doesn't seem like she should be in any kind of place to be an upper level player right now, she is just coming in out of nowhere because the meta shifts, shit happens. People learn how to how to play play stuff differently. That's just how it goes, and we can talk that point to death. But mercy can be viable in the right hands. Hell, Mel's got one hell of a mercy. I mean, she really does. Mel Arena, for, uh, who's Bob's wife, for those of you who don't know, she's got a hell of a mercy, and she played extremely well today um, mm-hmm. in a relatively high level environment. Um. So I kind of like her where she is and the idea of a different healer that has abilities that are specifically built for that character and catered to that character around cleansing and anti-CC and things like that. I think that would be be better than slapping uh, an anti-CC ability on Mercy, who already works, in my opinion, even if it's not the best or even if it's not, you know, top tier or always super meta. I think that Mercy works and a hero built around the idea would be better for the game. I mean, I, I don't, I definitely don't disagree with you. Actually, I mean, I think earlier this year, or sorry, earlier last year, I was calling for an Abathur like character. I would love for there to be an Abathur for those who play Heroes of the Storm. Um, or I do you, not. I actually know. <laughs> yeah, so if you play Abathur, he doesn't, you don't put him on the field. Like, he doesn't go out past the gates. He just stays in spawn and does shit. Like he assists other characters. That's what he does. So in Overwatch, I think that'll be an interesting proposition because you know you you want to fight six v six. But what if his abilities and uh, his his methods, like his abilities and what he could do, was so helpful that he could help turn a five v six in your favor? Right? Like a five v six, you were still even because he's you know, or he or she or whatever um, is in the back, you know, they're buffing this person or they're able to put armor on this person at this time. They're able to give this person speed. They're able to cleanse this person. They're able to keep, you know, they make this person, you know, uh, help them with anti-CC, something like that. Like, you know, the character basically like, because the thing about Avatar too, you don't kill him all that much. If He probably only starts to die once the enemy team starts coming into the base. Uh, or the Nexus area, whatever the fuck they call it. I am a very casual Heroes of the Storm player, by the way. But, um, <laughs> you know, if the character sat high up on the map, you know, while everybody else was kind of fighting, you know, or they had like a super long range and all they had to do was be in like kind of like line of sight and maybe had some escape ability. So if like a Winston jumped on or a Diva jumped on, they could, they could, you know, get away. Um, I think that would add an interesting element to overwatch you know making the character be able to do a bunch of damage and stuff like that eh, that's a different story like that that would make it a bit overpowered but if all of their utility was built into their abilities and applying their abilities to characters in the game i think that'd be pretty interesting you know but i think that's why that's one of the original architects i was kind of calling for 
But yeah, like we know the next character is not Echo, but I'm hoping when they do release Echo that this is that character. Like I don't necessarily want another support that heals. I don't think we need another support that heals. I don't think we need it. I think we're good on heals, but I would love another support that does something else. That supports the team in another way. You know? I was screaming for an anti CC hero the other night. Um Ryan charged me, so I countercharge him. So I'm on my back. And as I'm standing, getting up, I got slept. As that's finishing, I got shattered. And then I see Diva Bomb fly in the air. I'm like, oh, that's it. I didn't get to touch my keyboard to do anything for a solid, <laughs> like, six or seven seconds of just stunlock. And I was like, this needs to happen now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is definitely annoying for sure. Especially so. when you get punished for making the right play, such as a counter charge, which leads you into the eternal loop of stunlock hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But hopefully that answered your questions. I think we're good to move on from that. We've done our obligatory uh, almost 90 minutes here. By the time we get done, it will be 90 minutes. Yep. So there you go. There you go. Um, Let's see where we go from here. Community episodes. We, I, we're getting at least one out this month. Hoping for two. Maybe we'll see what happens. And then, like I said, we're gonna try to get one out every month after this. Um, but yeah, Phil, definitely. If you are interested in doing a community episode, if you have something you want to talk about, let us know. We're gonna get into our contact info a little bit, but we're gonna get at least one out this month. And the topics I feel are pretty interesting. So, you know, we'll go from there. Uh, I think I think you guys will like it. Uh, let's talk about the ranked roles in Discord. Like I said uh, last week and the week before that, um, we do have ranked roles from bronze to platinum. There's no diamond one. I might add diamond. Uh, the reason we didn't add diamonds because generally diamond play, like you know, at least in our Discord, we didn't have that many diamond players in there in the first place. So I've been seeing more people try to get diamond um, games with other people. So I might add that. But basically, you just go in there. You sign up for the role, and then you can either ping the role, or when the role gets pinged, you know. Or if you know, you can sign up for multiple roles too, or multiple um, not role, well, roles, but ranks too. So if like you are a platinum player and you don't mind helping a gold player out, you can get put yourself into the gold role so that when that when somebody's asking for help, you can help them out. And I know we're looking for we're still looking for lower tier plays like bronze and silver. So if you're bronze and silver, you look in a group of people coming to the Discord and help each other out. Uh, community events. I don't know when the next PS4 game night is. Uh, they just had an Xbox game night on Friday. I was unable to make it. Sorry about that, guys. But I'm I'm just gonna try to get on console this month and and play a little bit because God, it's it's been it feels like forever since I played on my console. So that means I'll be extra terrible, and I'll just be playing some Metro all night. So. You know that that that'll be uh, some fun times, uh, but yeah, I'll keep you guys posted when I know the next PS4 game night is coming up. Always been prepared to attack. You're looking to get better at Overwatch? Definitely check out Prepared to Attack. It's our other Overwatch podcast that we uh, we do sporadically, like whenever we have a, a character to do. I know we still need to put an episode out for Hammond, um, and obviously Ash. So we're like, almost like two characters behind at this point, but we're gonna work on getting those out. Uh, so you can get better at them. But right now, all the other characters are available and prepared to attack. If you are whatever platform you listen to this on, you can probably find prepared to attack there as well. All right. We normally start the live stream every Tuesday around 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Well, we try to at least. So that's the official time. We're going to stick with it. 
9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We were a little late this week. Like I said, we were supposed to have a guest, but they had a scheduling conflict, so it didn't work out. Um, we want to hear your Overwatch stories. Like I said, we're going to get into our contact info here in a little bit. But definitely, if you have some Overwatch stories you want to tell us and want to share with the group, send them over. We do have a PS4 club, an Xbox, a PS4 community, an Xbox One club, and a Discord, like I mentioned before. So the PS4 community and Xbox One club are both called Watchpoint Radio Overwatch. You can join those and you know keep up with the game nights and the communities there. You can also join the, the Discord because the, a lot of the guys from the clubs and the community are also on the Discord. It's actually, the Discord is probably the better place to be, which is discord.me slash smash those buttons. And you can hook up with uh, players there as well. Always talk about Heroes of Overwatch. If you're on Facebook, uh, you can check out that Overwatch group where you can keep up with the latest Overwatch news or just the memes. Or if you're looking for people to play with, that's also a great place to find people to play with. Great admins over there. And I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter.com slash Watchpoint Radio if you want to keep up with the show. You guys want to give out your social media? You can find me on Twitter at NerfKinderPlease. That's uh, NerfKinderPLS. Uh, you can find me on YouTube by the same name. Uh, unfortunately, I don't believe this video card is going to be enough to do any video editing. Uh, I tried to run uh, whatever recording app in video, Shadowplay. I tried to run it with Overwatch. It busted me down immediately to five frames a second, which seems like there's something actually wrong. I don't know why it would do that. But uh, needless to say, I'm incapable of recording anything right now, much less editing it. But hopefully we'll have some new content pretty soon if I can get a decent video card. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at the dudeabides underscore B. Um, in light of the tournament that Kinder and all the other podcasters are playing, and I'll be casting, I think, four games uh, towards the third week of it starting. So hey. keep an ear out for... Uh, me stumbling through trying to shout cast a tournament game, which will be fun. I hope I get to cast one of the games you guys are playing. Oh man, I um, believe uh, I believe Bob's uh, casting a few as well. We're doing our next game on, I believe, the nineteenth. It'll be a Saturday. So if you got that date, let me know. All right, and you can find me on twitter.com slash church of jaw. And when I do stream, you can find me streaming on this channel, which is twitch.tv slash smash those buttons. Uh, and so we encourage you guys to contact the show with uh, comments and questions and you can reach us at WPR at or you can reach out on Twitter or you can reach out on Discord. Those are the best places to reach out to us. If you enjoy the show and you want to help us out, the best way to do that is to share the show with others and also to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platforms of choice. And if you want to take your support a bit further, you can become a patron, which is patreon.com slash watchpoint radio. You can buy merch from the Teespring store, which is teespring.com slash stores slash matches buttons and you can also or and or you can become a twitch subscriber which is twitch.tv slash matches buttons like i mentioned earlier and i encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear about our other shows and with that we are done for this week thank you very much uh we'll be back next week we'll catch you then later taters later guys Thank you for choosing a Mash Those Buttons podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to subscribe to one of our shows, you can find us on multiple podcast platforms across iOS and Android. 
Just search for the show on a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and hit subscribe. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast platform of choice, just go right to the MashLosButtons.com website, grab the RSS feed, and put it into your podcatcher of choice. If you want to check out some other podcasts you may enjoy, you should check out MashLosButtons.com slash shows. For World of Warcraft fans, we have two podcasts, WoW Talk, which is our news and community podcast, and The Torn and the Goblin, which is our lore and story podcast. If you enjoy Overwatch, make sure to check out Watchpoint Radio to keep up with the latest on Overwatch and its community. If you enjoy fighting games, make sure you check out Double Tap for the latest in the FGC. If you're a fan of The Division or looking forward to The Division 2, make sure you check out Sit Rep Radio. If you want to keep up with the latest that mash those buttons, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mtbsite, facebook.com slash mashthosebuttons, and youtube.com slash mashthosebuttons. We'd also like to have you join our Discord community. So just go to discord.me slash mash those buttons and join us for a chat. Once again, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.